0: Hello, and welcome back to episode number something, number eight, I think, of the Nobody Asked For This podcast. It's going to be really exciting when we get to like a number episode that I don't remember, like I can't count the number of episodes. That's going to be fun. That's going to mean we've made it somewhere. Um, Thank you for joining me once again. You are joining me live from a beanbag chair. I'm drinking a... Um, interesting beverage called watermelon water it's spelled w-t-r-m-l-n and w-t-r again Watermelon water Um, it's pretty good i got it at target and i don't want to say how much it costs because i feel like it's a little bit embarrassing uh the amount of money i spent on what i later found out was literally it's i'll read you the ingredients ready watermelon juice filtered water lemon juice and I always find it interesting how, if you ever notice on uh, packages of drinks, they'll say filtered water. Yeah, that just means water. They just wanted to make it sound fancier than it was. They just went to Costco and they bought like a big jug of water and added it to whatever they're giving you. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was like, hey, I like watermelon and I like water. So let's drink it. And I have to say it's pretty good, but it tastes like... That's alarming. It's uh, I just read on the on the package. It says eighty percent juice. I thought I was getting one hundred percent watermelon juice, um, but it tastes like. You know when you're eating a watermelon, like maybe you're going to a picnic or you're on some sort of like, um, maybe you're at a campsite and someone brings out like a big tray of watermelon and they and they give it to you like. Cut up with the little rind at the end, for COVID procedure. Um, probably not back then, but now it would be for COVID. Like you're holding on to the rind part that you're not going to eat. Do you know when you start getting too close to the rind and it starts tasting like garden? It tastes a little bit like, it starts tasting more of like a vegetable than a fruit. And you're like, this isn't why I picked up this watermelon. And then you put it down. This is what the watermelon water tastes like. But it's not too bad. Again, it was about, I'm going to say how much it was. It was about $9 for a liter. Um, I, it's It's very whole foods of me. But it's good. It's not too bad. But again, it tastes very much like the top part of a watermelon ride. Almost as if... You know what? This is very innovative. Almost as if the person that made this product was like, Listen, I've been to one too many picnics, one too many potlucks. I know what happens to the last 20% of that watermelon. It gets thrown out. So let's package it. Let's get ourselves invited to as many potlucks as we possibly can. And we're going to package up that watermelon. We're going to juice it, put 80% juice sticker on the container, and we're going to sell it for $9 at Target. That sounds like a good invention. And that is probably what happened here. Speaking of invention, I was going through my um, my notes app. I don't know how many people do this, but anytime I get like a like a a good idea that I think is good. I'll like open my notes app on my phone and just kind of write it down in like 85% of the time. I'll forget about it. I'll never write it again. I do a similar thing with the voice memo app. I'll like record something into the voice memos, and then I I just feel comfortable that it's out of my head and recorded somewhere. But then I never look back at my voice memos and think and and kind of read reread my ideas or hear hear my own ideas. So a little while ago, I was like, you know what? Let's see. Let's just mine this gold mine. I'm sure like there's probably so many good ideas in here. Like I'm about to be rich. I'm a watermelon, water my way to the top. So I'm going through my notes and I see this note, this very detailed descriptive note about what would be my Shark Tank pitch if I were ever to go on Shark Tank. Now for those of you who don't know, uh, Shark Tank uh, is the show where you go on and instead of judges, like most kind of like reality competition shows, it's like five billionaires. Now, it's questionable as to where they got their wealth in the beginning of the show, like before every episode starts, you get like a rundown of like, this is Sally. Sally was a, you know, 35-year-old, you know, housewife, and then she invented this mop, and this mop was on, you know, the shopping channel, and everyone bought it, and now she makes a billion dollars. It's very brief. They skip a lot of what happens in the middle, which is probably more like tax fraud, like evasion... You know, maybe Sally did some time in jail, did a stint in community service. You know, they don't really give you the whole rundown, but they give you enough to know that this is a rich person. So there's about five of them, I think, maybe four or five, and it's a bunch of rich people, and people, um, they entrepreneurs, I guess you would say, um, basically go in front of the the five rich people, and like American Idol, where they would sing. Instead of singing, they they do their pitch for their product, and it's kind of a mixed crowd. Sometimes it's people that have you know been at their product for 10 years, you know have committed, maybe went to business school and they're ready to present the sharks what they call the judges their their idea. And sometimes you get the, you know, maybe it's a it's a younger person, someone who quit their job like 6 months ago, had a brilliant idea, goes to the Shark Tank with absolutely no idea about like profit margins and all that more businessy stuff, and unfortunately those poor people get eaten alive by the sharks. And they always start their pitches with uh, saying, you know, hello, I am so-and-so, and and I'm asking for however much money for however much percent in their business. And all the sharks get out their little notepads and pretend like they're, you know, really working for that paycheck. Um, And then the person presents their idea. Sometimes they bring a sample. My favorite is when it's a food and they bring a sample. Like, let's say they're starting up like a soft pretzel business and they're like, yo, sharks. I'm, you know, Matthew, and I am asking for, you know, $3 trillion for 6% of my business, try soft pretzel, and the best is when they try it, and it's terrible, and they're trying not to puke, so that's always fun. Um, It's like, it's it's very similar, like I said, to American Idol, where you want to see either the great people, where you're like, wow, that's a really good idea, like that's a really good invention, or no offense, the absolutely terrible people, the people who have horrible ideas. Now I'm gonna share with you my Shark Tank idea. And I can guarantee you it is in one of those two categories. It is either genius, most brilliant thing you ever heard, or terrible, awful, put it in a blender, vomit on it, spit it up, all of that. So I'm gonna let you all decide which one it's gonna go into. But here is my pitch. And I've given this pitch to other people before, um, but this was a couple years ago and they didn't, I'm going to be honest, they didn't seem to react to it very fondly. Um, I haven't gotten any offers, any investments just yet. You know, but this is also, I came up with this idea during COVID. So maybe the people that I was you know, telling it to, they just had COVID on the brain. You know, they just weren't really um, looking for new business opportunities at that particular time because, you know, obviously COVID money was tight. So what my... Shark Tank pitch was, I got this idea watching, I can't remember what TV show, but I was watching a TV show where someone was accused of a crime, which could literally be any TV show ever, it's pretty much the first episode of every show, but someone was accused of a crime that I don't think they actually were guilty of, and their house was, um, they had a warrant, like the police came to the person's front door with a warrant to search the entire house. And I was watching it and the police were like throwing things, like ripping under the couches, like opening up the fridge, literally opening up the milk to see, you know, maybe there's, you know, contraband in the milk. And I was just thinking for someone who is innocent, like if you're innocent and this happens to your house, terrible. Like, do you know how much that is going to take to clean either effort or paying someone else to do it? Like these people rip apart your entire house. So I was thinking, okay, hear me out, ready? Because there is a charitable, a charitable component to this that I don't think people really realize. Like I could really be doing some good. I was thinking there could be a company, my company, I can't remember what we called it. By we, I mean me, because this was, this was a very much a me thing. No one else, like I said, wanted in on this. Um, there would be a company that after your house was um, subjected to a warrant search, would come in and clean your house, put it completely back together, you know, put the lid back on the milk, so reupholster your couches that they ripped apart, um, you know, maybe replace any goods that they broke. We you'd obviously get like the winner's version, like if you had some really fancy, um, what is that called? Like China or whatever. Like we're obviously not gonna buy you, you know, the equivalent because they wouldn't really have that sentimental value if like what was broken was the, you know, plates that someone gave you at your wedding. Like we probably can't replace that, but we'll give you like the Marshalls. know, maybe raw stress for less version of it. Put your house all back nice together. And here's the catch, we're gonna do it free, 100% free. However, if you're found to be guilty, you will have to pay for our services. You'll have to pay for our time, labor, uh, the trip we took to Walmart, the gas it took us to get there, the whole thing. If you're found innocent, it's completely free. You're welcome enjoy your freedom. And the charitable component, as I said, if you do have to pay for us, we're not, we're a nonprofit. So if you have to pay for us, um, the money that you pay, will go to charity. I know I'm not too sure how the, the logistics of this would work. Like I would have to go to the sharks and say, hi, I need about $2.5 million to maybe $3 trillion for, I mean they can have like 49% of the business. I don't really get how that stuff works um but i just i just really need the funds just need the money to make this happen because again it's pretty much a non-profit pro bono situation unless they are guilty now you could be thinking who would go for this where's the money i i don't know again i didn't go to business school like i barely have a degree as it is and the degree i do have is being used as a coaster currently so you know don't ask me about numbers but i really do think that the sharks could find the sharks, as in the judges of this, the billionaires that are supposed to give me my money. I think they really could connect with this because, as I said, how they got their money is a bit questionable, right? So two things: one, I think I'm sure at least one or two of them have been subpoenaed, warranted, like probably arrested. Because how do you get that rich without it? You know. So I'm sure they could really connect emotionally to what I'm trying to do for people. Um, and second. I'm sure there's some write-off like they could write this off on their taxes so really like if I walk through the gates of the Shark Tank and the water flows out like I am this bright light for them that really I mean I'm the answer to their prayers I'm telling you Shark Tank it's gonna happen and when that happens and I somehow find a way to make a billion dollars off of this nonprofit which again seems a little bit shaky, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my mind to it. Where there's a will, there's a way. When that happens, I know exactly what I'm spending my first million on. I'm spending my first million on shutting down that wooden roller coaster that we talked about in the last episode. Now, if anyone didn't catch the last episode, one, how dare you? Two, let me catch you up. Basically, there's a wooden roller coaster in my town that they keep putting money into to renovate, fix. Um, there's a, a, a situation now where they're open during construction that's very confusing for me, um, and they keep putting money into it, and they keep shutting it down, fixing it, closing it. It's just a terrible cycle. So I will spend my first million, maybe two, maybe three, by going to the people that own and operate this situation and saying, Look, how much money do you think you're going to make on this roller coaster like for the rest of time, for the rest of your life, for the rest of the time that it would be alive, the roller coaster? And I will write them a check for that amount and say shut her down, stop it, cease production on this situation. It's not—it's not helping anybody, and that will be my second nonprofit, ending the burden roller coaster. Why I bring that up actually is because I saw um, they've actually shut it down again. So I, I'm pretty sure the people at the organization got my um, got my letter, got my heard my podcast and they're like, you know what, we're being we're finally being called out. After 50 years of tomfoolery, someone's calling us out, and they got scared, and they shut down. Um, not shut down for good, but I think they're, you know, maybe checking some, dot and some I's, crossing some T's, if you know what I'm saying, on that situation. Because again, very scary, very not up to code. I'm sure the safety department, health department, whatever, did an inspection. You know what probably happened? I think someone's, like, Maybe, um, I don't know, who would be the demographic for this podcast? I really don't know. Because from all the stats I know, it's like my mom and people in the UK listening on Samsung podcasts. So maybe this didn't happen. But in my mind, someone, you know, a very hip, um, down with the kids person was listening to this, obviously very cool if you're listening to uh, this, and told their like stepdad or uncle or aunt or stepmom who works for this amusement park, like listen, someone's got to check Someone has to check the materials they're using, either the engine or whatever. Someone's got to go down there and double check, and someone did, and they found that it was not safe. So you are welcome. This is my community service. Where is my Medal of Freedom? I will take the key to the city any day. I'm all about balance here at the Nobody Asked For This podcast. and Now that I've you know really talked up myself, uh, presented a case for why I'm you know, a good citizen, a good human, I would like to maybe really balance it out here by telling you that I have contributed to the, um, I don't know, the monopoly that Apple currently has over us Um, one more time. What I mean by that is I've lost my Apple headphones for the 17th time, and more importantly, I lost my adapter thing. You know, five years ago, I think about five, four years ago, Apple made it so that there's no headphone adapter on your phone. This isn't really news to anyone, but you know, you obviously now have to buy the thing that connects to where the charger goes. You know, so you can plug headphones in through your charger. You know, brilliant idea. It's flawless design. Shout out to Apple. I heard now they're actually thinking of taking out the actual charger. Pretty soon the box is just going to be like a screen with no like motor or anything. You're going to have to buy all that separately. but that's besides the point. I lost it again, and I had to buy probably my ninth adapter. And I was thinking, while I was in the line to pay for it for like, I'm not kidding, like eighth or ninth time, I was like, this is how you become a trillion dollar company. Apple's genius. They give you nothing for free. Their stuff is so expensive. Like a phone now is like $1,000 i don't even i don't even think they give you headphones i don't think they even give you the charger they're like you're gonna buy that you're gonna buy this you're gonna buy your own um phone case there's no gift purchase whatsoever and then on top of that they make you buy the warranty which i just learned like you have to pay for the warranty and then if you actually need to use the warranty you have to pay again and i just think like as much as i want to hate them it's genius absolutely genius And actually, I have a conspiracy theory about Apple. I know we were talking about conspiracy theories a couple episodes ago. I really think that they have designed their products to make you dumb. I could go into the whole, you know, dissertation or whatever. I could write my thesis or whatever. But I just feel like they make their stuff really simple, like compared to other phones. So that when someone, like someone hands me a Samsung and I'm confused. Like I don't know how to open it. I don't know which way we're swiping. I don't know how to you know even get to the camera like it's so confusing to me i think they make their stuff simple so that you literally can't switch to any other phone also they've pretty much all but confirmed that you know every time they release a new phone they like release viruses into all the other phones like the later models so that you have to buy the new one if anyone ever notices that your phone goes glitchy like around august to october i promise you as hard as it as hard as it may be just stick it out come December, January after Christmas, they're gonna realize that like you held out and you're not gonna buy the new phone and they'll kind of release the bugs. But they pretty much said that's what they do. They pretty much told us like yes, we do release like they make your phone slower so that you need to get a new one. And again, genius. The 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 funniest part about all of this is that I I'm pretty sure we talked about this on the podcast before, but like I know about this and I'm talking to you through an Apple computer next to my Apple headphones plugged into my iPhone. So, I mean, who's the real winner here? It's like at this point when they keep releasing articles about like, oh, McDonald's is actually bleach, or, you know, Subway doesn't actually put tuna in their tuna, which is horrifying. But like, I've been eating that food so long that like, it would have killed me by now. Like, there's nothing you can tell me that McDonald's food is whale poo, and that's not going to stop me from going to their drive-thrus. I know it sounds disgusting, but at this point, like, we're too far gone, they're untouchable, it's kind of scary, which speaking of fast food, I do have to unfortunately call out one establishment, I love this, I have to say I love this place, um, I don't go there too much, but like when I go there, I know what to get, they offer certain things that other places don't offer, but I'm so sorry, I have to say at Wendy's, I'm on to you, most places, if you've noticed in the last like few months, they've increased their prices, which obviously sucks, but like, okay. Now, Wendy decided that she was going to go in a different route, and instead of increasing the prices, they decreased the sizes of pretty much everything. Their salads are smaller. See, I'm healthy. I get salads. Their Frosties are embarrassingly smaller. They used to give you like, well, first of all, Wendy's cup sizes, you know, as of recently, like before the switch, I don't know if this is all switched, but before like you would order a small and they would give you what at most places is a large, which I was was here for. I was like, wow, they're really, you know, putting the consumer first. But then the other day I roll up to get my 99 cent frosty and they hand it to me. And it's like, like, it's like a McHappy meal. (laughs) It's like a kid size. I'm like, what is happening here? So Wendy, like, I know you think you're getting away with it, by like keeping your frosties at ninety nine cents, but I see you, okay? You wooden roller coaster. I see you. You're being called out. Do what you want with that information. I'm not going to do anything further, but I'm just releasing, you know, this information to the public because I'm a whistleblower for this whole scenario, okay? Nonprofit. Actually, is this podcast a nonprofit? Because I can promise you, I haven't profited. It's definitely not a charity, like, I, I hope to one day, you know, maybe do some good, but with this particular endeavor, I don't know that that's happened yet, so I'm not calling myself a charity, but like, definitely a not-for-profit. I'm going to Google that, is a podcast a non-profit, is a podcast a non-profit, I'm really nervous. Um, can a non-profit have a podcast, what makes you a non-profit? A non-profit organization and ones that qualifies for tax-exempt status. Here we go. Calling my, uh, not my lawyer. What's that called when that's a lawyer for the bank? My accountant. Um, nonprofit exempt status. Its mission and purpose are to further a social cause and provide a public benefit. Okay, further a social cause. We're ending the wood roller coaster for good. Provide a public benefit. I mean, that's that's up to y'all to say if I'm providing a public benefit. I, I mean, I enjoy listening to my own podcast. It gives me something to do. You know, get something to do to record it, so I'm, I'm part of the public, so yeah, this is a nonprofit. Officially on this date we're exempt from taxes. I declare bankruptcy. I, I just declared it, so we're good. Actually speaking of providing a public benefit, I think I did this week, I think I did some some groundbreaking research that providing this information to the public will provide a benefit. I was trying to remember if I've talked about this on the podcast before, and I think we might have recorded it, but I don't know that it made it into the final the final version of the episode. I think we cut it for time or something, or you know, just it was in the bloopers, which will sell as uh, bonus features when our you know concert comes up in fifty years. So watch out for this in in twenty seventy. There's going to be some unearthed footage, um, but yeah, I. I was, you know, googling because there is this phenomena that I think happens to everybody, and no one talks about it. Have you ever been, you know doing you know maybe at your office desk, maybe you know writing an exam, maybe listening to my podcast, and all of a sudden you get like a a shooting pain up your gluteus Maximus, your butt. Does that happen? Like that for sure happens to me. And for a while, I thought like because I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, I was like, mm, I'm not gonna Google this because I don't know that this is something that's normal, and I just don't want to know. I'm that type of hypochondriac. I'm. I just don't want to know. I just won't Google, ignore it. Like one day, I'm just gonna fall over, and it's gonna be from one of the fifteen things that I think is about to kill me. But one day, I can't remember who I was with, but I was with someone, and it happened, and I was like, okay, enough's enough. I have to, you know, break the fourth wall. And I said, listen, do you ever get like shooting pains up, their bu- up your butt? And they said yes. And I was like, thank God. So then I felt calm enough to Google it. And I Googled it. And apparently, it's completely normal. There's actually a name for it. I can't remember what it is. I think it's like Pro or something. It started with a P and there was acius in it somewhere, which I think was just a coincidence. I don't think, you know, probably from from the Latin you know, pain in my ass or something. I, I, I don't know where they figured out these medical terms. But yeah, it's completely normal. As long as it doesn't, it's said somewhere, as long as it doesn't last for 20 minutes. Now mine have never lasted for more than five seconds. Do pee, or not, not even like 0.5 seconds, which is good because it's almost like they're over before you even knew it was there. Like they sneak up on you and you're like, <gasps> but then by the time your brain has registered, I have a shooting pain up my ass. it's like gone. And you're just more so left to deal with the um, the aftershocks, like the mental, um, I mean, I don't, the trauma is too big of a word, but you know what I mean, like the, the aftermath of like, you know, for a split second thinking like something was really wrong. I wonder if there's, you know when people say like when your ears go red, people are talking nice about you and if you bite your tongue, someone's talking negatively about you. I wonder if there's like an old, like a adage about... Is that the word, an adage? Is that the term, an adage? I'm googling that really quickly because I either sounded really smart or really dumb. Yeah, an adage. A usually pithy and familiar statement expressing an observational principle. Exactly. I wonder if there is an old adage about what it means when, some, when you get a random butt pain. I'm going to say it means that someone is speaking positively about your cooking. I'm gonna say that's what it means, even though I get them a lot and don't really cook, and especially don't cook for other people. So, you know, we're gonna submit that to the um, whoever the adage board and see and see what they come up with. But uh, yeah, I, that's my official stamp, official seal of approval. Funny would it be if I got one right now? I'll let I'll let you know. Okay, this is a, a deal between me and you, listener. Like I'll always tell you if it happens mid mid recording. It's almost like if anyone watched That's the Raven, where she was a psychic. And like a couple times in episode she got like a vision of the future and, and she would like zoom in and like it would go and then you would see her vision. It's almost like that, except you don't get a vision. You just get like a, a sharp pain in your butt. Similar idea. But it's the same like um, like the world stops for that brief moment. So, yeah. And if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, you're either the luckiest person on the planet or I don't know what. But yeah to back or something. Look it up. So I was trying to think you know to, to get back to some of our, our regularly scheduled programs, our gut updates. well I guess that could be a gut update. Luckily, I haven't had any any gut movement to update. nothing terrible, so you know try again next week, I guess. Um, Stack graveyard, nothing nothing that I can really think of. but you know there's again, there's always next week. I will say for content recap, Um, It's been a a struggle trying to find some good content to recap. I don't know what happened. TV and like shows were being really good there for a second. Which got me thinking, did anybody watch? I wanted to talk about this on the podcast because it's the craziest show I'd ever watched. Did anybody watch Temptation Island? I don't know if it's still on, but a couple years ago, I'd watched Temptation Island. And it's like the craziest idea and premise that I'd ever heard of. And I watched the show and it was like even crazier than you think it would be. For those of you who don't know which I'm starting to think should be the new name of the episode, because that's pretty much how I start every thing that I talk about, for those of you who don't know. Um, So maybe we can, you know, rebrand in a little bit as for those of you who don't know. Um, But I was, I was, you know, watching the show. And basically, the premise is, you bring it's like a couple who is together in real life. I don't think there's ever been a married couple, at least not that I've watched. But um, yeah, they're usually like dating and some dating for like, Like years, not like months, years. They go to this island. They they voluntarily, no one's forcing them, go to this island and sign up to live in a villa. And the guys live in one area and the girls live in another area. So the couple is split up. And the guys live with a bunch of single girls. And the girls in the relationships live with a bunch of single guys. And the point of the show, I guess, is to like break them up. I'm not too sure. This, the single people are trying to um, interlock with the not single people. But like both people in the relationship know that this is happening. So they both sign up to essentially, again, I guess that's the temptation part of the island. Complete morons you have to be to sign up for the show. I don't understand how someone who is in a relationship with somebody who wants to be in a relationship with that person would go to Temptation Island. It seems like you're asking for trouble. Like That actually makes no sense to me. But whatever, they go to Temptation Island, and then each week, kind of like if you watch Survivor, when they go to like the council thing, they do that. All the girls go together, all the guys go together, the people in the relationships, and they get to see clips of the other, like of the person they're in a relationship with, like flirt with the with the single people in their section of the town or whatever. And basically, the the host is, like, straight up saying, listen, we're going to basically trick you-ish. We're going to show you a clip of your girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, talking to a single person, and we're going to basically edit it to make it look like something that it may or may not actually be. So they'll, like, show, like, just, like, the three seconds that they were smiling at somebody, or they'll cut something off, like, right before you think something might happen, but, like, maybe actually nothing happened. So they're, like, fully, like, the, the thing that I don't understand is most people that go on reality shows will be like, I was played, the producers like told me to do that, they told me to say that, yada, yada, yada. The people that sign up for this show are fully like, know what they're getting into. It's like the most honest like trickery I've ever seen. It makes absolutely no sense. I don't understand why someone would sign up. And the funniest part is usually in the show, there's like one... One half of the couple, one person is like, "I don't really want to do this, but I'm doing this for, you know Mary Beth because you know, she wants to like build trust or whatever. And then Mary Beth is like, "Yeah, I think it'll be good to like, um, you know, just like explore other people, but then like come together in the end. And then it always happens and and this it's not always like the girls one way and the guys the other way, like it, this kind of, you know the the um, one of them being four. Going on Temptation Island and the other one, you know, not wanting to be there could be flipped in terms of girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. But it always happens that it flips. And Mary Beth, who was so excited to go to Temptation Island, can't wait to get the hell out of there. And then Tommy, who was like, you know, didn't want to be there in the start, you know, is, is like thinks he's The Bachelor and they're choosing between all these, you know, single women. It's actually, it's like, again, the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, they do a reunion at the end where you basically 100% of the time find out that, Everyone's broken up. My favorite, I have to say, is when they show up to the reunion, and someone who, at the end of you know the the show, decided to break up with the person they came with and start dating someone they met on the island. When they show up to the reunion and they've also broken up, so it's one person stuck with two people they've broken up with. It's just you know, it it, it really the, the hilarity ensues. It's kind of it's a, it's a very interesting show, but it's almost like too stupid. Like The Bachelor, you know, dating you know twenty people, like that's it's been on so long you kind of get used to the idea. But like the Temptation Island, I don't know about that. i don't I don't know whose idea that was. I don't know how that got onto television. And I don't know how they got people to sign up. It must just be people that want to be on TV. But then I was thinking that's this that's the third t- title for the podcast. But then I was thinking, I was thinking, People now want to be on TV so that they can quit their jobs and become influencers. Like, the people on The Bachelor night one who get eliminated barely even met the person, the Bachelor or the Bachelorette that they're trying to date, but they're, you know, in the limousine crying, no, I feel like no one will love me, why, this is, you know, terrible, I've been rejected, but it's like you didn't actually know this person. What they're really crying over is the followers that they could have gotten. They're crying at followers lost, really. There, there, there is no love loss because they actually did not know this person that they were trying to date. Like but they didn't know The Bachelor The Bachelorette. But so I get the appeal of being on TV now because you can kind of get a some sort of a career out of it. You can quit like, you know, working at the bank. But what was the, what was the, you know, intrigue of, you know, going on these like types of reality shows before? Because people definitely did. Like, go on just to be on TV, but, like, for what? Just to say you were on TV? I don't know. It just seems a bit It seems a bit suspicious to me. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't know that um, those types of shows are for me. I think I definitely couldn't do Survivor. Like, 100%, I would not survive. I would end that show because I actually think I would pass. And then, you know, there would be logistics, legal things going on that they wouldn't be able to continue the show. So if you're a fan of the show Survivor, you want me nowhere near it. Um, amazing race you literally could not pay me enough money to do it i have absolutely no no like want to do amazing race i think like i've said this for years because i i never i'm not i haven't really traveled anywhere and i never really felt like i wanted to travel until recently i'm kind of like oh you know maybe i would do some traveling but amazing race it's the worst part of traveling like you're not seeing the sights you're seeing the hotel you're seeing um Sweat dripping off your own face because you're running in these like usually hot climates You're like bungee jumping off of things like if I want to bungee jump and my pants on a roller coaster ride I can do that here. I can go to the amusement park that I've mentioned way too many times and do that here I don't need to go to um, Another continent You know go on a plane for 12 hours to do what I could just do here Like you're just running around random places trying to You know, communicate with people who don't speak the same language as you to get to checkpoints so that you can get these like golden tickets to what? Keep sweating in the next leg of the race like that. None of that sounds appealing to me. I don't understand. Well, I guess I kind of understand. I understand why people sign up, but like I actually think people don't realize like this isn't travel. This isn't like a luxury vacation. This is sweating in Europe and sometimes other places. I I don't know how far around the world they go, but. I mean, I guess it's cool to say you did it. But I don't know. I'm a little bit suspicious. And again, I mean, just the title. Amazing Race. That sounds like I have to run. And uh, just knowing that, I'm out. For that reason, I'm out. So yeah, I finished my watermelon water. I think that's a good sign to wrap up. I want to thank you for joining me once again. Um, the Nobody Asked For This podcast dropping every Thursday. Follow us on TikTok. Um, on, I think we have a Facebook. We have a Twitter. Um, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcast, Samsung Podcast in the UK, um, Spotify. Where else are we? Um, IHeartRadio, Amazon. I think you can tell Alexa play the Nobody Asked for This podcast. I, again, I think she'll probably play the more popular Nobody Asked for This podcast. But you know, if you keep asking her, you might get get to us eventually. But yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, spending your, your time with little old me. Um, I hope it wasn't too annoying. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that. You know, I've been trying for about 22 years. I'll keep trying at it though. Uh, and yeah, I, uh, hope you have a good week. Peace out.